guys, you were just listening to the song Hollowed Out by Cliffhanger. They are a pop punk band based out of Chicago, Illinois, and I am super, super stoked to tell you that we've got them on the show today. So you just have to put up with us BSing for like 10 minutes and then you get to hear from all of them. All right. Super exciting. Cool. I woke up with an afro today. A literal fucking afro. Yeah. You Well, you sent me like four Snapchats and then... Okay, so you know how I responded to you in on the on Snapchat? Right, yeah. I first responded to a group squad chat with my friends from here. And uh-huh. I didn't realize I was in the wrong chat until I had already sent everything that I had said. And then I was like, sorry, this is the wrong Oh, so when place. you sent me like the comparison picture and everything? No, I or- hadn't I hadn't sent that yet. Gotcha. And still pretty awkward. I, but I just sent, yeah, I sent like all of it. And I was like, oh, sorry, y'all. Uh, I uh, was fu- trying to talk to Elena and I'm talking to you instead. That is really funny. And four Snapchat sounds excessive, but like, I'm not fucking lying. I woke up with an afro. No, I mean, it wasn't excessive. I think, I don't think all of them were your hair. I think some of them were from yesterday. I think all of them were my hair. I was pretty impressed by it. Because usually I do a pretty good job at taming it. Like, I use a lot of products. But yesterday I decided to just get out of the shower and throw it up into a bun mm-hmm. without doing anything to it. And I have fucking horse hair. So when I took it down this morning, first of all, like, I'm missing three quarters of it. It's all shaved off. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like a lot of hair. I, I don't understand how... I'll have to post the like the original picture to our story. There was an insane amount of volume and frizz going on and I spent a good hour trying to brush it out and shower and dry it straight so that we didn't have to go into an interview with Cliffhanger with me looking like fucking Edward Scissorhands as Sammy put it. (laughs) I had planned on getting up a little early and taking a shower this morning and then as I told you I forgot to um, do that. Um, I forgot to set an alarm. You woke up like right on time though. I did wake up, but I did not really have time to actually wake up and take a shower and then dry my hair. So I was like, nope, I'm just going to deal with this and this is how it's going to be. And so I put my hat on and I came downstairs and set up all my crap. But see, that's the intention that I had. I was just going to put a hat on. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't put a hat on. (laughs) It was very wild. Too big for hats, which was incredible because it didn't look that wild when it was up in a bun. I should have mm-hmm. just like kept it like that, but it exploded. Actually, destroyed my bathroom in the process. <laughs> just cracks up the walls. And- so you're listening to I'm Not Okay podcast. I'm Stormy. I'm Elena, and we did that in order this week, and it feels a lot better than it did yeah, last week. It feels more natural. I don't know why it was so weird when you introduced us. I was just trying to roll with it. I was really just trying to get moving, because I knew we were going to have a long episode, and I was just like, go, yeah. go, go. It and it did not come off right. Actually, that whole episode seemed like really awkward, I think, after the fact, because... <laughs> I haven't listened to it yet. I need to listen to it again. Um, it wasn't as I thought bad it was as fun, I though. It was. I thought it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I just, I feel like I put my worst foot forward at the very beginning and then I felt like <laughs> super show hosty for the rest of the episode. I'm still getting used to this a year later, it turns out. Uh, well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> to be fair, we haven't been interviewing people for a year. Yeah, but we didn't really interview Danny last time. It was just... That's true. 
a it was just a, and he was super fun to have on and super easy to talk to and that is <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. not the reason that I was acting the way that I was acting I was also sick as shit let's just make that clear <laughs> I'm gonna spend this whole episode defending my last episode how about that uh that would make for the worst episode of all time if you actually sit, spent the whole time just defending yourself. Let's revisit the episode where we revisited a lot of music. <laughs> How about no? <laughs> Do we want to talk about new music, though? I guess so. I guess. I only have okay. two songs to talk about this week. Did I put them on my list? Cause Probably. Because I, okay, I said then, them out loud. Okay, well, then I won't say those two that you said out loud. My favorite this week, and it's probably because I'm obsessed is bts dropped their trailer for the new uh album and it's actually the song interlude shadow and it's all minchuga uh because they yeah it's him rapping and it's amazing if you listen to the whole you can all the way they release this stuff is technically this is a trailer but it's also like a full song that they will have on the album So, but they don't actually release the song on any streaming platforms until later. You can only listen to it like on YouTube or on any of their, where they release music, but you can find it and there's a video for it. It's really good. And if you listen to the whole thing, he goes super hard at the end and it's magnificent. Conan Gray released a single this week called The Story and you know I'm obsessed with him. I love him. Nash released a single this week called Hungover and I Miss You, and it's pretty good. And the band Polarity, the, blah, 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 blah. try again, take two, boop, boop. The band The Polarity released a single called Love Me Please, and it's pretty good. For albums, I have AT's released, uh, it's technically an EP, I guess, but they're, I don't know. The way they release in Korea is way different than how we release here, so... It's called Treasure Epilogue Action to Answer, and it's the last installment of their album series. So there's like, oh my god, how many is there now? Like five? Four. Five. Like mini albums that go all in this one series. So um, there's like five songs on it. It's really good if you like K-pop. If not, they're one of the best K-pop bands right now, in my opinion. So maybe start with them. And then Cliffhanger released their album, their self-titled album, this week. And you'll get to hear from them a little bit later in the episode because we have them on an interview. Whoa. And it was fantastic. It was fantastic. They were fun to talk to. They were a lot of fun. Yeah. So then I get to talk about my two songs? Yes. Because the first one I'm just going to do on behalf of Whitney, and that's Halsey's You Should Be Sad. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say that one, but that's one of the only two that you said, so I was like, I'll let Elena say it. Probably the only song I've listened to at all this whole weekend. Ugh, it's not so true, good. But it's so good. And I don't even like country music, but something about the country vibe is just like the catchiest, coolest fucking thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I don't know that I would have even caught on to the country vibe if it wasn't for the music video. Like I wouldn't have noticed that it had like a country esque Oh, I noticed vibe to it because I, I didn't watch the music video first oh, okay I, uh, see i i just watched it straight from the music video that's where i heard the song the first time so maybe i would have heard it but i don't know it's just a little bit twangy it's not that bad it's so good yeah i, I shouldn't say it's not that bad because it is just it's it's amazing good i just mean it's not like a straightforward country song oh no it's definitely it's just not definitely got some song. elements there that i didn't yeah. expect and it's kind of just perfect in that way 
And then my other song is Anti-Flag the Disease, which I'm going to argue is already going to be the best song of the decade. Maybe of the next century. Time will tell. <laughs> I think you're a little biased on that. I think but, I'm uh, a little biased and I'll definitely overreacting, but it's a really good song and it just, oh, it's so relevant right now and that's why I love them so much. Well, yeah, and they they do so many that are just like... Just the line, apathy is feeding the machine. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I don't want to get too political on here. But everybody's <laughs> shrugging off things that shouldn't be shrugged off, even if they're against them. Like, we just move on so fast. We diverged for a little bit there, and we're going to cut that out. So if this doesn't blend seamlessly, that's why. <laughs> Got onto some uh, conspiracy theories. <laughs> it was Secret government. And uh, we don't uh, need to talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> do we want to talk to cliffhanger now i guess we should talk to cliffhanger now i don't think we have anything else to talk about today right no but we can talk about zombie apocalypse stuff after the break <laughs> let's do it Cliffhanger, they're a pop punk band based out of Chicago, and they just released a self-titled album this past Friday, and we're very, very stoked to bring it in here on the show. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. Hey, hey thanks for having us. Hey. All right, do you guys just want to go around the circle and like give us your name and what you do in the band, just so everybody can get a little bit familiar with your voices? I am Mike L, and I am the drummer of Cliffhanger. And then I am Mike Centraco. Guitarist of Cliffhanger. And I am I Lou am. Pontillo, and I play bass in Cliffhanger. And I am Dan, and I play lead guitar in Cliffhanger. And I am Matt, and I am the lead vocalist. I feel like you guys should all like put your hands in the circle or something now. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Go team! <laughs> and together, we are Cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> Power Rangers, shit. Our right, exactly. I, I was thinking Captain Planet, like everybody has a ring and puts their hand in. There you go. There you go. That's a visual right there. <laughs> okay, so we just want to familiarize our audience with you a little bit. Can you guys just tell us a bit about like your favorite bands of all time and whether or not they've had like an influence on the band as a whole, just so we can have a little bit uh, of an idea of your background? I mean, for me, uh, so like Mike and I, we started this band uh, several years back, and a huge influence has always been uh, mostly around like Blink-182, Four Year Strong, uh, Rufio, or Hit the Lights. And uh, really, really what we're trying to do with that is kind of take those elements that we like from each of those bands um, while having like an energetic and um, like incorporating uh, a lot of their melodies and just putting our own spin and feel onto those, like onto the songs that we write. So, really taking those those pop punk bands that we love and we love listening to, and just kind of putting our own own spin on it. I don't know if anyone else has anything else to add. Yeah, basically all of our music is just us fucking up trying to make songs like theirs. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I would say like. You know, early 2000s pop punk is huge for us, but also blending. You know, we still try to stay 
current with how you know the scene is now especially coming from a scene like chicago where pop-up music is so prevalent and popular that um we have a lot of fans to look up to you know notable bands like knuckle puck and real friends that you know even like fall a boy when they be good um and just like you know try to stay true to our roots and just keep the you know the relevance alive with chicago pop punk yeah we definitely try to incorporate uh, a lot of different uh you know fun elements to our songs and definitely i would say the uh yeah, mid two thousands pop punks are like biggest yeah. frame of reference, but uh, yeah, we're always just messing around trying to put unique spins on everything. Yeah, kind of like a uh, pop punk Tony Hawk pro skater kind of <laughs> mess up. I'm about it. I'm honestly just so impressed with the way that the scene has like stayed alive in Chicago. I feel like a lot of the bands that we featured on here have, if if they're not from Chicago, then they've got roots in Chicago in some way. Do you guys feel like there's any like local venues that have really supported your cause or the places that say that if we were to visit the city in the next few weeks, like we'd have to visit to get a feel for it? I mean, two different answers to that question. I mean, Wire has definitely been the one that has supported us the most. We play a lot of our favorite. Oh, yeah, we play there all the time. All that stuff over there. Um, and uh, Subterranean has... Uh, been super cool to us um who's that kickstand productions in specific mike yep and then um but on the other end of that i mean there's a lot of other places that are places that you'd have to kind of hang out at i mean we're huge fans of the beat kitchen we're huge fans of reggie's um and those places technically we haven't really had too much of a uh time at but they're definitely huge staples that we'd love to grow into are there any local artists that you feel are like doing the scenes particular favors apart from the ones that you've already mentioned that are obviously huge and yeah, yeah <laughs> worldwide that, following but i think that kind of goes back to like bands like knuckle puck real friends sleep on it home safe like you know i've noticed over the past like four or five years they're always doing um like a holiday show and giving uh smaller local bands an opportunity to open for them and put them in front of bigger audiences um and it's not even just like holiday shows like i know if they've just done random one-offs whether it's a benefit show or just really just to be kind of back in that diy scene because you know they're all signed and nationally touring bands now but they're still uh respectful and grateful for where they came from and just kind of want to share that that love with you know, these smaller, not so well-known bands. Yeah, absolutely. Have you been touched by that at all? Uh, personally, I mean, I've been to, I have never been able to perform one day, I hope, but um, I went to the Real Friends Knuckle Puck holiday show at Concord like three years ago. And that had like six bands on the bill and that had Belmont, uh, Sleep On It and Home Safe all before they were even what they are today i mean belmont was still not very well known and now look where they're at now you know they're just yeah, growing exponentially so i think you know obviously they're a hard-working band and they put in the time but for them to be on a show like that definitely you know helps them out tremendously yeah we talk a lot in the show about i mean obviously connections are important in the industry more so 
I don't say more so now than earlier or anything, um, but we're kind of like in a digital age where you can connect with anyone at any time. And I feel like a lot of people are taking off through forging those. But we've done a lot of coverage on what Spotify is doing for some of the smaller bands. Have you noticed like Spotify or iTunes or any of the other streaming services influencing your following? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just alone for this release, you know, we released Hollowed Out uh, about a month ago. And, you know, we've never seen numbers like we have right now. Like we're already at like almost 15,000 streams of that song. And we've had a song up there for probably five or six years that's barely over 10,000. So I think, you know, getting added to these playlists with a lot of followers, again, it's another way of like opening up to all different audiences. And we're just seeing our numbers grow a lot right now. And it's really exciting to see. Yeah, definitely more than we've ever seen before. Yeah, I was shocked because I uh, I opened up the new punk tracks playlist um, on Friday yeah. and you guys were on it. Yeah, I think two of our songs are on it, actually. Yeah, I think so. Then we just got added to uh, the Skate Park Punks one, and we're actually uh, in the first slot on that one, which is kind oh, of that's amazing. That's one of my favorite ones too. Yeah, yeah that's my. I uh, try to listen to that one at least once a week, so yeah, I haven't too. listened to it this this uh, recently, so I'll have to check it out. Yeah, get that's... on that. <laughs> my workout. Obviously, they got game. good taste. <laughs> Shifting gears a little bit, so. What have been your favorite experiences to come from being in this band? You know, you've been around for a while, so I'm sure you've got a good number of them. I mean, I'll let Mike talk about Warp Tour, but one of my favorite experiences about this band is getting to play with like 90 different musicians because we have a lineup change every six months. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I'm pretty new to this band, and my favorite experience so far has just been the whole recording process. It's been really cool to get together with these guys and put out this album oh yeah i've definitely liked uh, the recording process with this band we've done on the three eps that i've been on we've like done it all in the studio we always you know try to make sure it's great quality and everything and prior to prior to joining this band i i just like you know set up a single mic somewhere and and then just like put that out on the internet you know not caring about the quality but here in this band, we definitely uh, put a huge emphasis on that. Yeah, I think for me, yeah, recording's been, you know, a lot of fun, but, you know, notably, we've been, we've been given a lot of opportunities for uh, relatively bigger shows for us. Most notably, we got to play with uh, Belmont and We Were Sharks when they were on tour in front of, like, 200 people, which, you know, for a lot of bands might not seem like much, but for someone like us who's really small and not well known um it was cool to just be in a completely jam-packed room um, with people who have never seen us before and you know we've made a lot of connections with uh, the band keep flying from the east coast um played with light so like bands that we've you know grown up seeing or just know through the scene it's just been a great opportunity to just meet new people and collaborate through music which is you know a lot of fun for us and for, for me, as Mike kind of alluded to, you know, playing Warp Tour was an absolute dream come true for us. Uh, it was after we released our Cut the Ties EP, and we ended up winning the Battle of the Bands for Ernie Ball. And I remember, like, I called Mike uh, after I got the email, and he was just like, dude, you're shitting me. I, I don't believe that. And uh, just because sometimes I cry wolf a little bit. And 
uh, you lie about times. winning in battle. <laughs> well, it seems like something that, like, I mean, I, I personally, I, I wouldn't lie about that, and I didn't, but it was just seemed like something that I could lie about. Uh, so, uh, yeah, when we actually, like, <laughs> so, like, when we actually got uh, that opportunity, we, we set the stage up and everything, and or, like, when we got on stage, it was just really cool to, uh, like, play uh, in Milwaukee at, at all places, too, so... Um, yeah, we're just really fortunate for like all the kind of breaks that our band has had so far. I want to go back for a second here because you're known as the bullshitter of the group and they've got you in charge of the emails. Yeah. I don't know why they do that. <laughs> I think it's more self-proclaimed than that. Just came with it. We're lucky everybody showed up here today. Yeah. Honestly, like it, it was a stretch. Oh, he, he's a great, he's a great manager though. Oh, yeah, nice. he, he rounds us all up. <laughs> well, good. Have you guys been faced with any unexpected challenges along the way? I mean, I assume the answer is yes, but um, like our our listener base is in large part members of up and coming bands. So if there's anything that like any sort of advice that you could give about like challenges, how you've overcome them, anything you can think of that would be beneficial, I'm sure, to our audience. My advice would be have a lot of friends that play instruments so that you have them as backups for oh, yeah. lineup changes. <laughs> Lots of lineup changes. <laughs> that's that's um, probably the number one answer. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, on a more serious note, um, I feel like if you're doing a band and it becomes a chore for you, then you probably shouldn't be doing it anymore. Um, I think for the five of us, you know, we are busy guys, but at the end of the day, we still find time to make this band happen. And we we all come from different worlds. This band's been around for, I don't know what, seven or eight years now. And, um, you know, we legit have had nine different versions of this band. Um, but, you know, we still have two original founding members and... Um, I think we're all very passionate about music, so we really just enjoy writing and playing music and just having fun with it. So if you're not really having fun, you know, why put yourself through that? Right, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I mean... It's, uh, there's no point to put all the work in if you're not actually having a good time or like what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I feel you. Because you know, this, you know, if you're into it, I mean, it is a financial investment, so... You know, if you're going to put your own money to it, you got to believe in it and you're going to put forward, you know, your best effort because you want to put out the absolute best product that you can. And I think that's something the five of us are good at is, you know, if not all of us are 100 percent in, you know, we'll cut something, but we could also remedy the situation and meet at that middle ground instead of having sort of a, you know, dictatorship where it's just like, OK, we're just doing it this way and that's it. So I think another thing would be like communication within the band. Um, I feel like us as a band, we communicate all the time. You know, we have a group chat and we just, you know, keep each other posted or if we, you know, have demos, like we're always showing each other and it's just constantly communicating and just, you know, even just checking in with each other and even outside of music, you know, we hang out together. Like Mike L cuts my hair, you know, so I get to see him all the time and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we have game nights, too, every now and then. That's fun. What do you play? What are the best games? 
straight. Uh, I like, and I like number the one. game where Dan spills his drinks everywhere. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm like a, a white couch. Do you have a white couch, Mike? I forget. Nice beige. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's basically white. <laughs> if, if I got like yeah. red wine or something like that, you know? Uh, what oh. did we play, though? We had charades. That was a big one. Yeah, charades is my favorite. Last yeah, time we just played action. Mario Kart, I think. Yeah, the Switch was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, we need one. So, um, what was I going to say about the the question um, before we lose sight of that? One thing that I don't know if you guys feel as well, but a big thing for me that I think has been a hardship of the band um, is that we're in this weird in-between limbo constantly where we're not big enough or cool enough to play with the big dogs but we're like doing well enough that we're like headlining shows it's a very hard thing to get over and i really don't have an answer to remedy it yet because we're still kind of stuck in that purgatory but i'd say that's a huge hardship of the the band where we're at currently for sure yeah so you guys just released this new album it's awesome by the way i don't know if i've said that yet cool i listened to it in full on friday i want to do it. Is Sorry, there Is there anything that we can expect from you coming in like the next year? Or is it out and you're just kind of coasting from here to see what's next? We yeah. do got a lot of songs, uh, a lot of songs in development, about like 10 or so. So hopefully if we could wow. uh, get our shit together, we could get something else recorded this year. But uh, we'll see. Pull a Green Day and just do three. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, that, you know, we've got some shows lined up. Right now our focus is the release show in a couple weeks. Um, you know, we're really fo- uh, focused on that and pumped for it. Um, we're playing at Sub T again downstairs. Uh we sold it out um for our last EP release show, so we're hoping for the same thing. Um, and yeah, just play more shows and just keep writing, you know? Yeah, I think, I think we also want to plan some like weekend runs, trying, uh, play more out of state a little bit. And then, uh, we'll also be like releasing some more content such as like another music video and, uh, a lyric video too, from for songs off the CP. So a lot of, a lot of exciting things going on, but you know, having the cold icy weather in the Midwest is kind of tough to play yeah, out. I can see that. <laughs> It's 70 degrees out here right now, so I can't complain, but... today, so I don't even know what the weather is. Nope, I'm good. I'm going to stay inside. Sounds just like two fun. more fun questions before we let you go. First of all, what are your top five must-follow bands for people that love your music? You could put five other bands on a playlist, and it would all, like, run pretty cohesively i think we should try i think we should try to get creative with this and not say mainstream bands. <laughs> i agree all right you go first Lakari. um i'll start with let's say uh bearings oh okay um i mean this is one of my favorite bands right now that's up and coming and we've played like four shows with them. Um, so I would put keep flying on there. Nice. 
you know, one that I would put on would be this band called Best Case Scenario. It's um, one of the guys from August Burns Red. He started this like side project where he kind of wrote and record every single part. Uh, and it just turned out to be like this incredible pop punk kind of like easy core type record. And I think, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I think if people like our music, they would really like uh, best case scenario. Dan. (laughs) Oh, man. So I'm not really uh, not really up on the scene, not uh, not like too big of a a listener to pop punk. Um, I mainly listen to like, you know, older like classic rock records basically and then i also have rebought all of like the shit that i downloaded over the years when i was younger but my my bigger biggest bands now that i'm listening to is like the new turnover i know uh i know uh, the mics aren't too big of a fan of that one but uh, i would say turnover would be my uh, addition to the list for now old turnover would be good on the list <laughs> yeah i i'm kind of like dan of not like too into the scene uh so i'm just gonna probably mess up this question i just for me personally i i love ryan's hope so i'm just gonna throw ryan's hope out there nice i don't think you can mess up the question okay good (laughs) (laughs) uh definitely ryan's hope ryan's hope you have every right to answer the way that (laughs) yeah i think just piggybacking off dan's comment like i think it's funny that you know dan comes to us with most of our demos and you know, a lot of our music is very pop punk sounding, yet he has no pop punk influence because he doesn't listen to it. So I've always found that amazing that he can write these songs that sound so good, yet I don't know where he gets his inspiration from, you know? That's well, actually really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he listens to like older pop punk, but not like yeah. the newer stuff, no like Seaway yeah. or, or right. any of that. Exactly. So yeah. like, that's that. kind of my frame of reference, like the uh, the older pop punk stuff. And then I used to play metal as well. So it's uh, <laughs> it's like fun and easy stuff to play on the guitar. And it's just like, you know, it kind of comes to me and I don't really have any contemporary influences, so to speak. But, uh, but uh, it's definitely fun to write, fun to play. It's always super interesting to me because I come from personally, I used to be like a super into metal and all that. And like, as I've gotten older, I get like further and further away from that. And I noticed that a lot of other people are like that too. It's just, but like, it switches over to like more of a, not necessarily pop punk, but which is what, what it is for me, but more, uh, I don't know. It's 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 just interesting that so many of us have gone that way. I well, guess. Yeah, my my Metal's favorite like bands are like better. Circus Survive, Minus the Bear. You know those those types. Of yeah, stuff. yeah. All right. So I think this will. Did we get five or was that four? Uh, I think everyone. That was five. Yeah, I think yeah. Everybody five. answered. Everybody answered. Um. All right. So Stormy, I'll let you ask the last question because <laughs> you wrote it, and I love this question. Okay. So we always like to do at least one just out of the ether question that doesn't make any sense. Um, but this one actually does tie in just a little bit, uh, I guess. Um, if you were in a, why isn't it pulling up? There we go. Okay. If you were in a zombie apocalypse, what musician, alive or dead, would you choose as your battle buddy? Ooh. Repeat the question one more time. I'm sorry. Okay, so if you're in a zombie apocalypse, 
Okay. And you had to choose one musician. They can be alive or dead. Who would you want to be your battle buddy, like the person that you're going through the apocalypse with? Absolutely. You know who uh, I would pick? Go. I would I would pick the um, sample guy from Slipknot with the nail coming out of his mask. And I would use that to kill the zombies. The nail? I would just take his head and stab all the zombies. Smash his head into zombie heads? Yeah. That was such an immediate fucking answer. I'd pick any uh, any members of the Swede or the Norwegian death metal band Mayhem if they're still oh alive. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> So basically, anyone from metal is safe. <laughs> but they're always awesome. the sweetest guys. Right, exactly. Not mayhem. Uh, no, definitely not yeah. mayhem. I, I, don't, I don't personally endorse any of their activities as a disclaimer. <laughs> it could be good in a zombie apocalypse. You're right about oh, that. Oh, yeah. In that situation, for sure. I'm also really into The Walking Dead, so I just knew like how to combat zombies. So I just felt like he was the best, the best fit for me. <laughs> well, uh, I may have like a cop out here, but I think, well, I'm also kind of like biased, but I'd choose Tom DeLonge just because I know that he's so into aliens that I think that he'd probably be able to handle uh, a zombie or two. He already have a spacecraft out of here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, he, he's probably a good resource to have during a uh, zombie apocalypse. You also just want to hang out with them just to, like, yeah. amplify you. That's pretty yeah, pretty much what I was really looking for. Well, he'd be entertaining in the lo- in the s- slow parts, too, so count it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I'd pick Daryl Wilson from the Bull Weevils because he's an actual doctor, so I think that actually might come in handy. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah. Sure. Um, I'll take uh, Andy Williams from Every Time I Die. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh my god, that was a good question. Yeah, yeah I awesome. uh, might have to use that one again. That's a, yeah. That's she just wrote that on we- our outline as as you guys were talking. Like that came up five minutes ago. <laughs> just popped into nice. my brain, and I was like, "Well, this has to be something that we ask." Awesome. <laughs> I don't know what it was inspired by, but it was great. Yeah. Just came to me. The gift. All right. So before we let you go, can you just like plug your socials and any events that you might have coming up? Take it away, Centraco. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. You've been listening to Cliffhanger today. Uh, we have our EP release show on January 25th with Action Adventure, The Homecoming, and Wolf Road at Downstairs Subterranean. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Cliffhanger Pop Punk and on Twitter at Cliffhanger Punk. Shit, you're better at that than we are. I have to do it like four times. <laughs> wow. Awesome. That's, uh, that's off-putting. We do that every week. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. This was fun. Cool. Thanks, thanks for having us. having us. Yeah, thanks Absolutely. for having us. Memories of you are fading faster than the flames that burned your pictures to ashes. you Dances off the tip of your tongue like in a Do you know who you would take with you in the zombie apocalypse? 
Because I didn't want to say mine out loud when we were talking to them because I would get looks. Is yours Ronnie Radke? 1,000% Ronnie Radke. Yeah, he's nuts. I, he's like, I was thinking that too. I was like, I kind of want to pick Ronnie Radke. Like, he's nuts. <laughs> if there was anyone that would bite a zombie back, Definitely it would be Ronnie Radke. Yes. And I don't know, like, he might die right away because that's... It's, it's, a, it's a risk. It's a risk. <laughs> but, like, you got to look at the payoff. Like, is the payoff going to be worth it? Maybe. Yeah, that was definitely my first instinct. And then I thought of someone else, but now I can't remember who it was. Oh, David Bowie. David Bowie would add a certain uh, sparkle. Don't you think? I think he'd be fun, but I don't know if he'd be, like, super useful. But wouldn't you watch a movie about that? Oh, 100%. Yeah. But it, I feel like it would turn into more of a Shaun of the Dead thing than actually fighting the zombies correctly, and that scares me. Since this is a segment, can we just, like, build a team? Building a team. Okay, let's build a team. So Ronnie Racky's on the team, for sure. Oh, you're putting Davey on the team? No, I'm just holding him. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, okay, for for everyone that can't see what's happening right now, which is all of you, um, Elena just picked up her... Davy have it cut out and hugged it to her body. I'm just I'm nervous. To <laughs> so make you feel better to hold him close. I would I would not subject him and his beautiful self and sparkling <laughs> personality to anything in the zombie apocalypse. I just wouldn't do it. Okay, so Ronnie Radke is a must. He's got to be the wild card, right? Yeah. So we need somebody that's going to be like really strategic. I kind of want to bring Gerard mm-hmm. Way. Yeah. Because he's dark and I feel like he'd probably have a good plan for the zombie apocalypse. Just in his back pocket somewhere. Yeah, and he's very creative. Yes. And yeah, definitely Gerard Way. Are we just going to use a bunch of titans? Is that what we're going to do? Uh, I didn't really plan on it, but there's a Gerard Way um, pop vinyl up there that I felt. And then I it just came to me. It had to be done. I'm going to stand by Bowie. I think just for the cinematography of it. Hear me out on this one. I think Jack Bearcat would be a wonderful asset to the team because he could also be like a wild card. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. But a little more reserved okay. than Radke. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that he'd also like do some weird karate kicks and it would actually work. Yeah, that makes sense. But we still need like the scientist. The scientist. I think are all the guys from The Offspring, like, weren't they in medical school? Oh, I fucking know. I don't know. I think they're all med students. All right, well, then let's pick one of them. James Lielja is an American oncologist and musician from the Los Angeles area, perhaps best known as the first drummer of the punk rock band The Offspring and performing with the band between 1984 and 1987. So technically he would count, but yeah, he's a cancer doctor. I mean, I'm sure that he had like some sort of trauma training in his residential doctor school. Military punkers i mean there there are are. i just can't think of any off the top of my head oh my god james blunt he was was in the military commander he actually i can't believe i haven't haven't (laughs) what i didn't realize i never told you that no i i'm shook i'm just reading this off of wikipedia essentially but he trained at the royal military academy rose to the rank of a captain he was then trained in the british army training unit in alberta where his regiment was posted for six months in 1998 to act as the opposing army in combat training exercises. Then he volunteered to join Blues and Royals, which deployed with NATO to Kosovo. 
I'm just trying to skim this because this is not all important. Okay, so it says, initially assigned to carry out reconnaissance of the former Yugoslavian Republic of Macedonia-Yugoslavia border, Blunt's troop worked ahead of the front lines, locating and targeting Serbian forces for the NATO bombing campaign. June 12, 1999, the troop led the 30,000-strong NATO peacekeeping force from the Macedonia border towards Pristina International Airport. However, a Russian military contingent had moved in and taken control of the airport before his unit's arrival. American NATO commander... Wesley Clark ordered that the unit forcibly take the airport from the Russians. General Mike Jackson, the British commander, refused the order, telling Clark that they were not going to start war World War III for you. But it says during his Kosovo assignment, he brought along his guitar and strapped it to the outside of his tank. And then he wrote the song No Bravery while he was on duty. Oh my god. He was a member of the Queen's Guard? He stood guard at the coffin of Queen Mother? I don't know what that means. Never mind. The Queen Mother is the mother of the Queen. Why would they not just say that? Queen Mother sounds like a band. Mm. That's her title. Queen Mother is her title. She used to be the Queen. Well, he stood over her coffin. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. A keen skier, Blunt captained the household cavalry alpine ski team in Verbier, Switzerland, becoming the Royal Armored Corps Giant Slalom Champion in 2000. Who the fuck is this guy? What the fuck is James Blunt? I don't even understand. I want him on our team. Fine. But he can't just stare at things and sing songs. Okay? What if that's how he fights? Staring at cameras and singing songs? Just staring at the zombies. Maybe they'll stop and listen. <laughs> All right. Who else would we add? I don't know. I feel like we need to start a D&D &D campaign. <laughs> Oh, that's a whole other segment that I would have a field day with trying to figure out what, uh, D like what classes all the people would be. Oh my god, that's like a fanfic. Yeah, I'm a nightmare. I love it. It's amazing. All right, did we have anything else we needed to cover today? I don't think so. All right, then. Do you want to try to cover our socials now that? <laughs> yeah, now that somebody already showed us up. If you want to find us, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at I'm Not Okay Pod. You can email us at I'm Not Okay Pod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook at I'm Not Okay Podcast. And we also have a Facebook group that we're going to soon be working on um, being a little more active on. Um, and it's called I'm Not Okay Podcast Group if you want to join in on that. Um, As always, please like, rate, and subscribe to us because that's what keeps us visible. And tell your friends that you found a cool podcast or you found a podcast where two idiots talk about stuff for an hour. And But you learn good James Blunt facts. You do learn weird James Blunt facts. It's true. And Davey Havoc. I know yeah. two things in life. <laughs> it's James Blunt and Davey Havoc. <laughs> where the fuck did I go wrong? I don't know. I talk about the Beatles a lot, too, so I guess it's fine. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a nice balance. <laughs> All right. I just made myself sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fine. So closing us out today is Nate Flood with his new song, It Suffocates Me and I Hate It. Instrumentals are done by JoJo Centineo. If you like what you hear, you can check him out on streaming services and give him a follow at, at Nate underscore Flood. That's spelled F-L-U-D on Instagram or 
at the real Nate Flood on Facebook. He'll be releasing a new song soon called Clarity, produced by King Theta, and is currently working on some new songs with a producer called Kerosene. So give him some love, guys. Thanks. Is there 